You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating a Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers. And today I'm here with the lead vocalist of progressive symphonic metal band, Oikumen, Laura Mazard. How's it going, Laura? Uh, I'm going well and I hope everybody do. <laughs> <laughs> cool, nice. Yeah, we were, we were just having a little chat, obviously, just before we started recording and I was making sure that I got all the pronunciations right here <laughs> perfect <laughs> yes yeah thank you yeah Okumen. um yeah i mean uh quickly would you would you uh define like where, where does this name come from exactly because um and you were just saying as well about the front you use a special character for the i because of the french pronunciation <laughs> yes i'm we are using i don't have the word for this character but this is the double dot on the I, because in French, when you have an O and an I, it's Wa, and Wakumen is not the right way to pronounce <laughs> the name <laughs> of our band. So that's why there is this double dot for Oikumen. And uh, the, the words first uh, come from um, a Greek word, which is Oikumene, and there is an E at the end. And Oikumene means the, the, the known word, the, the word that you know. And we want to we wanted to use this name just to say that we're talking about things we know, but there is anyway something you still have to discover. So that's a way to talk about knowledge and also uh, to be sure that we're talking through the human point of view. So we're not talking about things which are um, like gods or big events that we cannot uh, uh, control. We're talking through the human point of view. That's awesome. So that, nice. Very that's, cool. Uh, that's, nice. Uh, that's because we made a history, um, history studies. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I want to delve, I want to <clears throat> delve into that. I just, uh, got a little distracted, <clears throat> excuse me, by, by the name there. That's a really cool start. Um, but just before we go any further, um, I want to start where we usually start with just for people that, you know, may have not heard you before and, and what you do. Um, could you perhaps just give a little bit of an overview as to as to who you are, what you do? Um, and yeah, and then we can go from there. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so as you said, I'm Laura Mazard in French. <laughs> and nice. uh, um, I'm the, the lead vocalist of uh, Oikumen. Um, in this project, I'm also uh, giving the ideas about the the, the songs, the, the concepts, the subjects, the concept of the album, uh, the titles of the songs, this kind of things. Um, I'm writing the lyrics also and doing all this part, which is merch, um, <laughs> shooting the videos and the social medias, of course. Uh -huh. <laughs> so there is different things. But in uh, singing, I'm also singing for other projects like Golden World Archives project, which is a very good project, I think. And uh, also, I'm starting to collaborate with a, an, another band and, and maybe others in the future. So I like to I, be part of other projects which are not mine because it's a different approach. So I really like singing everywhere I can. 
Wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. I I, uh, I really love it. I love all the stuff that you're doing. It's a lot of work, right? Wearing all these hats, <laughs> doing all the social media and, and everything. So you're doing an awesome job. Um, for people that haven't heard the band before, I come in. Um, how would you describe your music and, and what you guys do? Well, that's still dif difficult to describe because when we started the project, we were saying that we were a symphonic metal band and now we had some reviews on the first album. We know that we're not really a symphonic metal band <laughs> and maybe more a progressive symphonic <laughs> metal band. Uh -huh. So I would say that, that you cannot have the same energy as a, a classic symphonic metal band. There's not so... It's not so epic what we're doing, but uh, there is these uh, uh, classical instruments, orchestras, this kind of, uh, and this idea of power in our music. But there is also something which is broken. I mean, we are talking about uh, anxiety. We are talking about bad subjects sometimes. And so we need to break this beauty we have in symphonic metal. So that's mm -hmm. why we can be prog also. Sometimes I'm, well, using this kind of, uh, uh, yes, broken um influences i don't know how to say it but that's not mm. so pure and so good vibes <laughs> you know i love that i love that i think that's really cool and your use of the term broken that's a really interesting way to put it i guess that's the progressive elements you know and what people would pick up as progressive so as you saying reviewers and such saying this is kind of progressive um you yes. know i listened to your music and saw and i said to you that i definitely find it quite artistic and creative this approach that you have it's unconventional um and mm. i like that you call it broken and that you're reflecting kind of unstable emotions and such with that that that's a very cool thing um i'd be really curious to understand more about your guys approach of like how do you go about artistically conveying something like that which ends up making the music the way that it is um we'd uh, for now, we don't have any, as everybody, but any receipt. I mean, there is this uh -huh. idea we want to, the music to fit the subject. That's the first idea, or, or to fit an emotion. Uh, for example, uh, if the composer is completely upset by something and he really needs something to, to, to put his emotion in, he will compose something and then we will think, uh, um, what can I think with this music? What can I think the subject is? Or I give him a subject. I want to express uh, anger about this kind of things or anxiety about this kind of subject. And then he's trying to uh, imagine how we can put it into, into music. So for example, if there is uh, something which is um, constantly in my mind, how can we suggest this harassment in the song? Or if there is sometimes I have this, for example, in the, in the, in the album we we made, there is a song about this idea that sometimes when you uh, look at the newspaper and everything which can poison you around you, for example, we discovered that there is a uh, problems in some uh, paintings on the walls, in some food you eat. Uh, there is this impression that you're poisoning you. And sometimes you're like, okay, okay, what can I eat? What can I eat? And I need to use this kind of uh, emotion to turn it into music. I don't know if I'm clear, but. Mm -hmm. There is this this in the process. How can we translate the emotion uh, efficiently into music? The emotion is the, the beginning, and then we see how we can do that into music. Very cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so it, the process for writing a song, it will vary a lot, I suppose. Sometimes comes from 
words first, sometimes from music. Is that right? Um, no, most of the time it's uh, written by uh, Eli, uh, the mm -hmm. composer of the band, uh, and he's writing everything alone. Sometimes he's uh, he wants some help just to to have another point of view, but we're just here to give him one one clue. I mean, one 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 little help, but he's writing everything alone and that's why uh, in uh, in the music we're making you can hear that there's lots of riffs because he's a guitar player and mm. that's different from sometimes symphonic metal for example where the guitar is not the most important uh, mm. but well in here the guitar are very important <laughs> <laughs> yes okay i'm with you and so that's where it perhaps gets a little more progressive um so okay so ellie he, he composes the music um and what does that look like? So he's, oh, I mean, if I'm right in thinking, he actually does all the mixing, mastering, everything. So he produces the whole thing, no, he, right? He, he produces the covers, but for the album, we really want to have mm. someone different because okay. we need to have another <clears throat> point of view on, on the work we're doing. Okay, that's, that's wise. All right, that's cool then. Um, but so I assume that when a song starts, though, he's making like a demo version of it, right? That he's produced... Um, and d is he giving, does he give you just like a straight instrumental or does he give you melodies, scratch vocals? What, how, do, how, how do, how do you come into it? <clears throat> yes. For the vocals, uh, well, he's composing on guitar pro, uh, you oh. know, which is a very easy, so it's easy to have a demo, even if the, the, the sounds are just awful, but I you can hear the idea <laughs> yeah. behind this. Um, and so in the first album, he wrote all the singing melodies. The problem was like, he's writing it for a flute and I'm not a flute. And sometimes it's very high, very low, very high, very low. And I was like, <laughs> come down. I will break my voice if you continue writing songs like that. And uh, we made a single then and, and I was with him writing the lyrics. So I mean, not the lyrics, the, the, the melodies. So now mm. we are trying to work together. So I just can sing the song because <laughs> sometimes I can sing it when I record it. But uh, uh, when I, we were doing lies, for example, that was sometimes hard to afford. And I want to move on stage if I'm just uh, like behind my, my mic and trying to focus on the technique. That's not good. So, well, mm. we're trying to find the right balance between something which is beautiful and sometimes you have to to write hard things because they sound beautiful, but not always too hard so you can play with the simple things and difficult things. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, I think this, the same topic came up a couple of ones, uh, a couple of episodes ago with Judith because it was a similar situation. There was the composer for the band who makes these parts and then yeah with like a sample thing and I, I joked about it as well like when you're composing for orchestra on midi it's very easy to put like the trumpet part playing all these long notes and then when you look yeah. at it in reality it's like <laughs> our trumpeter would have passed out like <laughs> two <laughs> minutes ago you know <laughs> it's not actually possible in in real life <laughs> yeah clearly so with an orchestra, that's not that you can use that kind of tricks because uh, it's hard to have a real one. And anyway, sometimes, yeah. uh, for, for example, for our music, it's in the background. So that's not a real problem. But when it's a lead instrument, you cannot yeah, yeah. cheat too much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I love how you said it. You put it perfectly. I'm not a flute. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what I, I said to him. And sometimes that was the same for very... 
uh, I don't know if it's the right, right word, but breathe notes like I was like, yeah, yeah, human voice, not not yeah, quite up to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yes, yes, and sometimes something you write when it's written for the voice, and you hear flutes do that. It's not interesting at all, but when the voice is singing it, that's not the same. So we were trying to do that. Now we are composing the the second album, and we are really working together. So I can say I can first sing the the melody and sing, and then we 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 hear if it's great and we work together more great great i I mean that's that's wonderful because that just sounds like one of those things that's a natural development of you guys working together longer and you go through an album and you learn a lot and and you're able to build upon the process so that sounds like a great development for you guys Yes, but we learned we learned a lot actually with the the lives and with the, the the recording and even with everything you can do when you record, for example, for the the the, the vocal uh, uh, the vocals parts. Uh, I can use different way of singing things because I can cut between uh, the parts. Mm-hmm. And in live, it's not as simple as that. So I'm also thinking about that. Can I use a song where I can sing safe on stage and uh, do everything I want uh, uh, when I'm recording. So I, I, we also want that the recording uh, songs are different than the song we are singing live, the same song, I mean. So yes. when people see us live, they see new things, new way of singing things and new way of playing solos or anything. Mm. And and in the, the recording part, we can use all the, the, the tips, uh, the tricks, I don't know how to say it, with the, yeah. the record. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of cool as well, because it means that in the live version, you still get that thing of it being alive, you know, there's, it, it can, it can kind of change and be more natural and adapted, I suppose, you know, it makes total mm-hmm. sense, especially if you have like harmonies and things like that going on, then you have to adapt it, you know, you can't <laughs> start having multiple voices coming out of you. So <laughs> Yes, that's it. And and sometimes adapt also when I want a, a sound to to sound so broken. Sometimes you use a, a technique which cannot fit uh, live, or you cannot use it every time, or you will be too tired at the end, which is not so mm-hmm. healthy. But it sounds so great in this moment. So I want to use it in the record, but in in the live yeah. shows, I will use something which is healthy. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's a sensible <laughs> approach. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I guess I guess then your biggest kind of part when it comes to the music itself um, and where we're kind of up to in the production process is the lyrics, right? That's your domain. And you touched briefly upon some of the kind of topics and things things like that. But I'd be really curious to um, know a little bit more about these these concepts. Um, that you use and, and that you sing about lyrically. Yeah. Mm. Well, we we like to talk about what is bothering us actually. So I'm for me, it's easy to talk about my inner self. So that's not a problem to say what is uh, anxiety and this kind of things. So um, I'm often um, using problem I have to 
taking inspiration in them. So, for example, in the first album, we were talking about the ecological problems because we wrote it just after we end our uh, studies and it was the beginning of the life alone and suddenly you realize all the problems in the world and you're like overwhelmed by all that bad news and just looking at your world vanishing. So that was a way this album just to uh, make my anxiety useful. <laughs> I am anxious mm -hmm. about things and I can use it to make uh, songs. And the same, uh, we have a song called Burnout because one day I, I thought I would do a burnout because I was working too much and I was looking around me and seeing all these people working too much and lose, losing the sense of their work. And I was like, that's a, a society problem. We need to, to, to change that. So I, mm -hmm. we wrote a song about that. So that's just a way you don't just only complain about that at home saying that uh, there is this problem, there is a, this problem. You write a song about this problem. So now you can say it differently. Now, when I have this problem, I can sing my songs. And so that's better. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. That's it, yes. my therapy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that angle is something I can always get down to. It's like the catharsis, you know, so you have that yeah. feeling and it's bothering you and you're you're able to kind of transform it into something beautiful, you know piece of art yes that's it but well we still want to do now uh, a song with good vibes because uh, we will do depression <laughs> if we continue like that <laughs> and we wrote one yeah. there is a single coming which is much more uh, with much more good uh, vibes and the, the second album is no no he's uh, depressing <laughs> it's a depression <laughs> anyway, it's a uh, yeah it's how it but, is. <laughs> you know, that's that's cool. It all it all serves its part because as you say, it's like, you know, we we convert that into music to get it out of our system. And for others, you know, if you're feeling low and in depression and stuff, then it's comforting to hear other music that reflects that, you know? Um it's it 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 can be cathartic for us as well, just in listening to it. So it's it's still it's still positive in a way, even if it is <laughs> has a lot of negativity to it as well. <laughs> yes, but I agree. As I said, for me, it's really a way to make your bad emotions useful because for you, it's destroying yeah. you, and sometimes it's destroying others. Because when you you're talking to someone saying that I'm anxious about this subject, one day he will say, "Yeah, I don't want to talk about your anxiety. It's not an emotion I want to feel." But if you say, "Hey, here, I I write some, I write a song about my bad emotion," then he can hear it. <laughs> yes. So that's yeah. that's the way to talk about these things and and in a way that people can hear them. And sometimes people came to us uh, with the songs talking about their own anxiety. So that's also a way to open the dialogue about some important subjects. Lots of people don't hear the lyrics. Uh, don't I mean? Uh, uh, search, search about the, the, the what they mean. But well, when they do, sometimes we talked about it, and that's that's way to gather around these subjects. That, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is that is great because it's all kind of about connection uh, ultimately, right? And music, it connects us to one another and we resonate with a certain thing. So yeah, that's wonderful to um, have that aspect to it. Um, you mentioned as well about the first record. I'm assuming that you're, are you referring to the Dystopia album? Um, because yeah. I believe you had an EP before that. Is that right? Yes. Yes, yes. We had a an EP when we were not sure about where we go, <laughs> where we would go with this uh -huh. project. <laughs> and at the very beginning, this EP was made when we were still in university. Mm -hmm. 
so we were about to talk about history in the songs nice. we were composing. And then I discovered Sabaton and I say, no, they do that very well. I will do something else. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Cool. So the first EP was all historical kind of stories. Yes, that's about, for example, Pompeii, you know, this... Uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the volcano next to Naples who destroyed uh, two cities. Uh, so we were talking about this uh, eruption, uh, crusades also, and uh, one about the video games, because that's something we like. But then we were like, yes, but we don't say things we want to say inside uh, these, uh, mm. these songs. So maybe we could say things which are very related to us. That's what artists do. So let's do yes. it. <laughs> That's nice. Cool. And so where you're at now is, as you, as you say, you'd like to take a sort of down to earth, like kind of visceral approach where you're really being you and expressing these emotions. You mentioned that you, you don't approach it in this way that's more larger than life kind of gods and uh, mythos, I suppose. It's all about yes. the raw emotion. Yes, and that's also because when Ellie is composing, I think the the, the word visceral is is good. I, I I felt that when I was listening to his riffs and music and everything. Mm. So it gave me inspiration to say what is visceral for me. So that's mm. why it's like that. And also because I think that I have a lot to say, but I'm not a poet. So what I write is raw. So we need to talk about mm. raw emotions because I. I want to talk about uh, fairy tales. I love this kind of songs, but if I write fairy tales, it will be not good words and I don't write it well. So I, I want to do what I, I know I can do. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's very cool. And yeah, and, and it is interesting. It's, it's made for quite a unique sound because as you say, you guys have these symphonic elements, like as a sort of umbrella thing, like it makes sense that you guys started by calling yourself symphonic metal. You know, you have metal and orchestras, but yeah, it is, it is different. You guys have your own approach that like, it really doesn't sound like you've listened to another band and been like, we want to do that. Like it has really come from a more unique place. And that's why I say it's, it's quite creative and certain, certain things like in your music, it listens to me and it keeps me on my toes the whole time. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like indulgently progressive. You know, it's not, and it's not like Dream Theater. Not that I'm calling Dream Theater indulgent. I love Dream Theater, but it's it's a different kind of thing. It's more that you guys just have a very kind of quirky um, approach. And as you say, it kind of taps into that kind of viscerality. And um, yeah, I, I I really love it. It's, uh, it, it, it gets in, it, you know, and um, that's so cool that you guys clearly have a great partnership where Ellie kind of makes this kind of music that makes you react in this way that, turns into these words and it creates the thing that it is. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> um, nice lot, you like it. Um, just to give a, an anecdote about what you said, uh, when we wrote uh, the song called Slaughterhouse, so it's about slaughterhouses and the <laughs> fact that some of them are quite uh, hell on earth. <laughs> I can imagine. So, yes. So we wanted to that the people listening to the song were, would be a bit uh, disappointed, not with the song, but uh, we'll feel the anxiety. And someone said that he cannot hear it because it's too odd. He was like, no, something is bothering me in your song. And we were like, yes, victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So exactly. That, yeah. So we also like this idea that people feeling the same as us will like this song because that's the way the proper way we found to express the emotion we have, but some yeah. other who don't, uh, 
feel the same with this kind of subject will just be no i don't want to hear that like in real life actually when you're talking uh -huh. about these subjects people are like no i don't want to hear and this song oh, i don't want to hear <laughs> so that's uh -huh. the same. <laughs> i love that i think that's really cool and it takes like you got to be bold to have that approach and and i respect that because really the worst thing is indifference that's the worst reaction you can have people you play a song and people can be like oh, okay cool next you know, yeah. and you can have very amazing produced music and, you know, very flashy or maybe in symphonic metal, it's very epic orchestra and all of that stuff. And it can be very impressive, but there's lots of stuff like that, you know, so it can really quite easily be onto, onto the next one. Um, a large part of the chat I had with Power Metal Ranger on here was kind of about that because, man, that guy listens to so much music, like I, like hundreds and hundreds of albums all the time. And that's the thing is so much power metal. It sounds like maximum epic, but like when you listen to that much of it, it all starts to kind of become the same. And at that point you want something that's going to stand out and surprise you, you know? And I think that that's what you guys have and much rather have somebody love it or hate it, you know, even like when, when you kind of almost turn somebody the wrong way, as you say, people that are like, no, I don't want this. You know, you give someone almost like a bad visceral reaction. That's good. Exactly as you said, because that shows that it actually does something. It's not just like an imp impressive production or whatever. It's a real piece of art that causes a reaction. So I love that. <laughs> yes, I agree with the, that. That's why we were very good with this, uh, with the bad feedbacks we had. We don't have too much because when you're a beginner, you often have good feedbacks, but uh, we've, we've been talking about that with Parametal Rangel also, the fact that for us it's also great to have people who don't like our music because for now they don't like our music for things which are made in purpose. So yeah. we are still proud of that. Amazing. For now, because we're little. <laughs> <laughs> then let's see. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, it's very, you know... Um, it's testament to your kind of your creativity, your artistic approach to just like do what is authentic to you in that kind of bold way. I, I really admire that. Um, one, one thing I'm curious about as well is uh, you guys, do you, you write all the lyrics in English, right? Yes. <laughs> Maybe there is some uh, wrong words. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it. <laughs> I didn't notice any right, wrong words. I just wanted to double check. Obviously I know all your titles, everything is in English. So um is there any particular decision behind that or is that just natural for you to do? Because you guys are um, French, right? No. Yes, yes, yes. We're, we're completely French. Mm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, that's. Uh, I took this decision and everybody agree on that because uh, for two reasons. The first is the dream to be able to cross the world with our music. And we know that English is the, a very popular language so people can understand it easily. And there is... Uh, that we put messages inside our songs. So we want that everybody can uh, understand what we say. And at the same time, it's also a way for me to um, take a, I don't know how to say it, but not to feel too concerned about what I say. Because when I sing in my language, I really understand each word I'm saying and, and, and that's too personal. I don't know how to say it. But for example, in, in the second album, we will talk about something which are sometimes related to our, our uh, history, how our story, life stories. Uh, so that's easier to put it in English. So it's something uh, which is talking to everybody. That's not just me uh, 
giving my life or talking about my life or my story. It's something mm -hmm. for everybody. So that's a way just not to be too concerned um, about the, the subject. So everybody can, yes, can, 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 can feel concerned. That's, uh, that's really interesting. So it provides you something of a disconnect, essentially, mm -hmm. where like there's a difference between you actually just being you and your own inner narrative and there's you creating your art. They're kind of different. You're able to separate them that way. That's really cool. But nice. I think that's also healthy. I mean, because, well, mm -hmm. if we want to do this kind of uh, of music, that's uh, sometimes people don't, don't, don't have limits between us singing and us in real life. But I need to have that because, uh, for example, in my... Uh, in my everyday job, I have to be very shining and always smiling and everything is great. And so when I'm singing, I can be true. If there is bad emotion, there is bad emotion. So but that's that's good for me to separate those two and also good just to be able to perform also. Because there is some, for example, I know French singers and maybe other uh, from all around the world which are crying on stage because they just understand too much what they are saying. And for me, the English is a way just to still be a character on stage. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm true. I'm not faking anything, but I can um, just have the general idea and, and the world are not the same. I don't know how to say, but if you say, mm. for example, someone is dead in English, okay, I see what it means. But if it's in French, elle est morte, that's not the same for mm. me. I don't know how it's, I, I take this example because it's, uh, it's clear, I think, but well. Yes. Yeah, no, I do get you. I think that you put it perfectly there when you said about a character on stage, because um, I think lots of people, myself, that was certainly my approach, is to use a kind of persona. And then that persona allows you that disconnect. You know, it's obviously been a popular kind of approach to go about it. So I kind of love that for you, you don't, you don't like to use so much of a persona. Um, you kind of like to keep it very down, down to earth and real. But in a way, using the vessel of the English language kind of is your persona, <laughs> I suppose. It serves the same purpose. Yes, that's it. That's just a way to protect you and mm. not be too sincere because you're vulnerable, vulnerable when you're sincere. But as you said, it's not a character. It's not a persona. In mm. other uh, projects, I'm... I'm I'm using a persona clearly because I have a character and, and that's so nice. I just love doing that, yeah. but not in the Oikumen project. Mm. Cool. Nice. Well, I'm happy I asked about that, about uh, the English, because you, you never know, um, you know, exactly what the reasons are, but that, that was a particularly uh, interesting response, I, I think. Very cool to know about your approach. Um, and you guys said about being students and singing about history. So were you, are you were you all history students? Is that right? Um, not all. Uh, Ellie, yes. Uh, me too. Uh, but Yael, which is the bass player, uh, the bass player, was studying. Uh, that's letters in French, but not in English. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, books, but not about history, about uh, stories. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So literature. literature. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Yeah. Literature and uh, the drummer we met is in the environment, in the water issues and uh, this kind wow. of thing. So completely cool. different. Cool. But you did say that you have themes of, of of that in your music as well. 
um yes right yes yes but we met him after the second okay. uh, the first album and we said oh that's a good cv we we, ha we want to have you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it fits nice okay that's cool and so did you have a drummer when you did the album and and all of that stuff no but <laughs> we knew uh, people we knew a band who was asking a, a drummer a session drummer for their uh our, album and their album is very very technical so we were like okay if this drummer can do that he can do our song okay. <laughs> and so we asked the man which is a french drummer called uh, clement denis he's the drummer of uh, fractal universe and he's uh, outstanding so oh. we asked him if he could do the 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 drummer the session drummer for us and he made it in two days wow <laughs> Too when easy. you get yeah when you get those really top session guys man they smash it out like crazy yeah it's uh <laughs> quite something that's awesome yeah. but you guys did decide to go with the drum the drummer anyway instead of like program drums which become increasingly more common well so at cool. the very beginning we were not sure about that because uh this is a question of costs because well you have mm -hmm. to pay people for their work that's normal uh and at the beginning we were uh with no money but uh, we we wait uh, a lot uh, before we started the album and be before we, we released it because we wanted to put money on the side and then use this money to pay people to do things properly. So we paid mm. the drummer, we paid the the mix also, and it's well, it was uh, impossible to think uh, not doing that. I mean, okay, yeah, I'm with you. Just to really make the statement with your album, of course. Um, and so I know that you guys have, um, that you guys are doing gigs and things now, were you doing gigs prior to the album or was it more of a studio project before and then? Um, um, not with me. Um, the bass player, the guitar player, the drum player was, uh, the drummer was, uh, doing lives before, but with other projects and with okay. Eichmann at the beginning, we didn't have enough songs to to, to do a, a live so that's why we we waited uh, until the the first album released mm. releases release yeah 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 cool cool but now now um you guys start so you start playing gigs relatively recently then i assume yes uh then in the beginning of the year the first live we made with the with oikumen was in january and then we made three others and we were planning planning to do some in in september etc but we are just not getting into it because we need to focus on album number two. So, cool. uh, well, let's finish composing. Let's finish all the shootings we have. Let's be prepared for all new releases. And then when everything is done and we have to focus on album number three, we can maybe take time to find new uh, gigs. <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. So the music, the recording and stuff is is still priority number one then? Yes, because, well, we need to, when, if we do too much light with the same songs, well, people will get bored uh, at our show. <laughs> so we need to write others <laughs> songs. Yeah, I'm with you. Fair enough. Cool. Well, another thing that I definitely wanted to ask you about that you briefly mentioned there was um, about the videos. You guys make a lot of videos, really cool, um, you know, creative videos that you guys are making yourself. Um, from what I gathered, your really kind of um doing a lot of that yourself and, and leading that so um when did you like when did you guys start doing videos and what's what's your approach been 
to doing those? Well, we started uh, before album number one came out because we wanted to to start existing uh, for people. So we were starting because I was learning uh, singing at the time and uh, my uh, God in life is Tarja Turunen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, can we do some covers of her maybe in Nightwish because I was almost also a huge fan of Nightwish. Uh, so the very first videos we make is just for me, helping me to to learn how to sing. So I was right. This was a way to to say if if I can sound good in this kind of singing, that's that's the beginning of uh, of everything. So so well, that's why at the very beginning and in very low quality, you have those covers from Nightwish with uh, with Taria Ira. Uh, and then we decided to take it differently. We said that in the covers, we will always give us um, challenges. So, for example, now we're working on another cover, which is for me just uh, so hard because that's black uh-huh. metal. <laughs> and I'm like, how can I sing it? Well, OK. Uh, and well, that's always a challenge. For example, we also made a cover of Flesh God, uh, Flesh God, Flesh God Apocalypse. And that was for uh, the best bass player because he is uh, also programming the synthesizers. So that's why a way to improve himself, et cetera, et cetera. So now we do the covers for that. And that's a way to improve ourselves with the shootings. And we still think that we're not good enough. So when we do uh, shootings for our music, uh, we are trying to work with people now. So for example, we, mm-hmm. we were shooting next weekend uh, a music video for a song from the, from the album uh, with my brother, which is studying um, uh, cinema. So he is able uh. to help us a, a bit. And I think that's much better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. It must, it must, it must be uh, a lot of work, you know, making music videos like that. And you guys, <laughs> you guys clearly put a lot of effort into it and, and like all the costumes and stuff, you have different like costumes and looks in all of your videos and different settings. And it all takes a lot of planning and things like that, which, yes. you know, for the most part, I, I think thus far you have kind of been managing pretty much all of that yourself, right? <laughs> Yes, that's why it's uh, exhausting sometimes. And for the costume, what's funny is that sometimes it's just when you look at us in front, that's okay. But if you could be behind us, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why the, nice. that's why sometimes it's easier to work with someone. But anyway, so and uh-huh. even there is a, a music video we made in like a, a antique Roman uh, ruins, and the thing you don't see is that there is people around us. Uh, mocking us and ah. we're still like mm, we're serious but people are just mocking us and a child Whoa. came in into us just uh, beating us we were like can can wow. we be alone for just a few minutes <laughs> so well oh, that's gosh. not always easy <laughs> yeah 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 that's gotta be gotta be a challenge <laughs> And also yeah. because we always want to do big things and then we realize that we need more uh, skills or we need special effects and, and yes. we are always frustrated. So. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I know that one <laughs> for sure. Yeah. want to do like really big, amazing production with no budget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sometimes you ask professionals, I want to do that, how much... Uh, how much does it cost? Lawyer. And he's One like, million billion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's a pity? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's frustrating. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you guys seem to persevere very well, man. Like I, I really like the the creativity again that you guys have um in in what you do and and it just it, it goes well with your music you know it, uh, it's reflective in that way that yeah that you guys are creative about it and and i love the kind of the costumes and such there's a sort of theatrical quality to it that i really enjoy it's really cool yes i, I do too i like uh, well we are still working on the costumes for the, the the album and the live show will do it's easier to have costumes when you're making covers because you're trying to fit the atmosphere of the the cover and that's right, funny yeah. to do to do that mm -hmm. but for our own style for example we don't find the costumes that's because this is us so what are our costumes you know yes. so we we're trying to work with uh, maybe a dressmaker someone we we have to find someone which can help because i asked uh Dior, if he could send us something, but he said no. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhat so quite in demand, I'd have thought. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe album number four. You'll <laughs> get there. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, you clearly have like quite, you know, your own kind of sense of style and such anyway. Um, even, even without kind of theatrical characters, you know, um, you have... Uh, yeah, perhaps perhaps it's your French heritage <laughs> that helps. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but what's difficult is that how we are dressing on stage is completely different as how we are dressing in in normal life. So that's why we really okay. have to think about uh, how how can can we be or can we look like on stage. Mm -hmm. And so, and you guys have done quite a few of those covers, right? And you're planning on doing more. By the sounds of it, you said there's a black metal one coming up. So you like doing these covers? It's kind of a big part of what you guys do, right? Yes, we like doing that. But that, that, that's just a way to have challenges. Because, for example, mm. the song we are, we are about to, well, we are covering now, uh, it's not something I was listening to. Um, it's not a kind of a singing I can afford. So I need to find something to be able to rewrite the melodic line for my voice. And that's mm. a super nice challenge just to be creative. So mm. that's why we like uh, doing covers, and uh, uh, also that's that's always a pleasure pleasure to sing the songs you like. So, for example, I'm always begging my band mates to to cover Nightwish again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to. <laughs> so, well, that, there is different approaches. Just a way to have pleasure, and also the way to have challenges. And sometimes, yes. when you don't have anything to release, that's a good way to say, "Hello, I'm still alive." <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, because this is something you guys can do, I guess, little to no budget, like all just resourceful from yourself, basically. That's it. That's it. That's why. Yeah. That's not easy to do because there is still a one. Yeah, this weekend, for example, with B, yes, uh, we, will, we will record the drum and we will uh, shoot the music video and then I will have to edit it and do the color grading. And, uh, so that's not uh -huh. easy, but that's nice to do anyway. And for example, we took some ideas in this cover we realize that I can do this kind of things, for example. So maybe we will use it in the in the album. So nice, yeah, cool, exactly. Like you get you get better from putting your skills to the grind, you know. So yeah, I I, I like that approach. And yeah, I think was it Gethsemane the first Nightwish cover that you did? Was that the first one that you did a couple of Nightwish covers, right? Yes, I think this was Gethsemane. The first, yeah, very, so. very first yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great tune. 
and and then we made i think six others from nightwish one of them we, we oh, will wow. have to nice yeah i'm a real fan <laughs> <laughs> is nightwish your favorite uh, band yes of course <laughs> but nice. with I, I must say that i'm stuck in taria's era i i yeah. really like Flor jensen also uh how she uh revealed the band differently but uh, there is something which is just perfect for, for me with the the, the the second album for example oceanborn and uh well mm. that's that's something i'm listening every day so yes that's yeah. my favorite though <laughs> amazing amazing yeah i'm 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 with you at least at this point. Like I feel like I'm still stuck in the tire era as well. But I think mostly because I really fell in love with Nightwish back then in the tire era. I think I, I was quite young, so it was more like the time that I really got super into Nightwish was round about the time that Tyre left. But it was before Annette came on. Um and I remember at first when Annette joined, feeling kinda you know, it didn't click for me at first. I was, I was almost kind of disappointed that it was different. I was a, I was a kid, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I can respect it all in hindsight, you know, but the Taya Nightwish like that. Yeah. That was always just so iconic. <laughs> yes, I agree. But that's some, and it's clearly not the same kind of vibes. And that's why I think yeah. they're amazing. That even if you don't like one of the three finger, it's just because you don't like this style, but it's not yeah. because the singer is bad. And that's yeah. why I oh, think sure. I, I like, yeah. That's why I think I like Taria because I like classical singing and she's just mm. uh, mastering it so well. And yeah. that's why also I admire Flo because the way she's singing, I cannot sing like that. And I think that there is, <laughs> oh, well, she's also amazing, but not yeah. for the same reason. And in, mm -hmm. in, in symphonic metal, that's not so easy, actually, I think, to hear someone really singing uh, with a classical vibe like Taria is doing or um, Diana, Diane van Grinsbungen from right. former Xandria and now uh, Ex Libris. These kind of voices or like uh, Judith, for example. So that's really right, nice yeah. to hear that kind of voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Well, I want to I wanna get more into this, um, but I think what would be really cool is to like wind it all the way back. Um, and I'm really intrigued as to when you first got into music, like where, where did your musical journey begin for you? Um, it really began with Oikumen actually, because right. when I was a child, I always wanted to sing, but I was a, a very shy, shy uh, child and well, my childhood was not so easy. So I was not focusing on that, but just feeling good in life. That's the first goal. And then I went to high school. I met Ellie. Ellie was, uh, he was assuming that he was playing guitar and he wanted to, to make a, a band, etc., etc. And we were just talking about things and like that. And suddenly I said, just, I want to sing. Can I sing something with you? So he gave me, um, what is the Warlock? I don't know if you know Warlock band with Doro, Doro Peach. Doro oh Peach, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like, I cannot sing like her. Can I sing Nightwish, please? <laughs> so uh, we started because when I was a child, I was more singing Disney in the in the in the bathroom or uh, Disney songs or um, Joy Zaishi songs, most things like that, or uh, lullabies for my little sister when uh, she was uh, falling asleep. So uh, I really started uh, focusing on singing and and saying myself, I want to sing with Oikumen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, but, but you enjoyed singing from a young age, as you say, you sang 
you know, Disney songs and lullabies. So you always and love I singing? Still, oh, yes, yes, yes. And still uh, Disney songs. <laughs> but uh -huh. in the car now. <laughs> nice. Yes. So, but that, so it's that, that kind of theatrical voice and you said about lullabies as well you like that kind of sweet tone and as you as you were saying the kind of classical tone and such as well that's always resonated with you yes yes but uh, classical singing i was always uh touched by it but it's very very loud so when you're just <laughs> practicing alone you don't practice classical singing or everybody is going to hear you so yes. uh so that's why i wait a lot before taking uh, lessons, uh, classical lessons, uh, to be able to to sing in my home without bothering the neighbors. <laughs> As I get you. So you started Oikoman in in secondary school then or high school uh, as a teenager. Is uh, that right? No, no, we were. I don't. I don't have the word to say it properly, but I, it's not high school. I think it's uh, like when we were in university. So it's okay. uh, five years ago, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or like when you're. Ago yeah like late teenage something like that yes or early i was uh 24 or 25 maybe yeah. okay uh, all right all right 20s yeah i'm with you okay yes yeah in university okay cool and so so before that you literally just sang for your for your own pleasure but at what point did you start like doing singing lessons and things like that then after you already started working um, I, first we started Oikumen, we recorded the EP, I, I heard me and I was like, I really need lessons. And so I took lessons, <laughs> so I took nice. lessons first with a private teacher and then she said that she understood I wanted to go to classical singing and so the best way to learn classical singing is to go to the conservatoire. I think it's conservatory maybe in English, I don't know, yeah, but it's the, the place yeah. to learn classical singing. Uh, so now I'm there and oh, that's so nice. We can learn nice. so many things. And I was disappointed because I said to my uh, singing teacher, I was showing her Tarya and saying, how, in how many years can I sing like that? And she said, 10 years. <gasps> <laughs> so yeah, I, was, I still work. have like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. So are you like, are you, well, no, I, you work, you work a lot. So I mean, um, you kind of you go to the conservatory just for lessons like regularly or yes each uh, each week and sometimes twice a week because I'm also involved nice. in a project where I'm singing with other singers from the conservatoire and mm. uh, so yes I'm trying to be very serious about that because I really want to improve my singing <laughs> wow that's fantastic cool. well and I love that kind of singing because ah that's just the way it, all the pressure of the day is is gone after you sing that kind of uh, of of uh, with this kind of voice but well anyway for Oikumen I'm and other projects I'm trying to learn other kind of techniques and mm. I think I should take other lessons for other techniques because my singing teacher in the conservatoire is like no you cannot sing something different or you will waste what we do together so you just have to focus on the technique I'm giving you. Sure. And I know she is right because when I record too much uh, different kind of singings, when I come back to the lesson, I'm uh, she she can hear that <laughs> I'm not serious. <laughs> mm, so that, okay, that, yeah. that, well, that's a choice. But she, I said to her, will I be a diva one day? She, and she said, that's very hard in this, uh, in this uh, to be to succeed in, in operatic singing. So I said, yes, so yeah, yeah. I want that only. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. You've got to do your own thing with it for sure, which you already are. So, you know, that's cool. And I mean, as well, you clearly have quite a artistic flair to what you do, which um, means that being able to balance different styles and create your own thing where you can express your own emotions. I think that's clearly a right thing for you because opera and the classical world is kind of different for that. It's very excellent, you know, and it's wonderful to like, it's almost like, for pure musicality, you can't you can't beat it, right? But you're mostly playing from a repertoire of music that's hundreds of years old, <laughs> you know, and that's not really going to change. <laughs> yes, I so. agree. So that's a good way to train, but uh, maybe not mm. to make a career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless that's what you want to do. But yeah, I mean, you know, for you, it makes sense that you got that you're doing what you what you are. Um, I'm interested then, like, just in in terms of your interest in music in general and the kind of music that you like. Um, I've got the gist of, like, as a kid, you like Disney movies and stuff, obviously. <laughs> and at some point, you've heard Nightwish, and it's been like, this is my favorite band ever. Um, you clearly like classical music as well, to some extent. I'd love to fill in the gaps a little bit more, like, what music really impacted you as a kid, and how did your interest in music kind of progress throughout the years? Ah, oh. oh, well, um, wh when I was a, a child, I was first listening to the music my father was listening. So mm. Pink Floyd and uh, The Doors and this kind of music I still right. love. I mean, Pink Floyd is one of my favorite band, Queen, also these kind of things. And then uh, around maybe 11, when I entered the, what is the college in France, but I don't know, I, I know it's not the same uh, in English, but mm. uh, I discovered metal music, but I was first into Linkin Park and Children of Bodom. I was just nice. listening to Children of Bodom every day and I wrote <laughs> their name everywhere on my walls. <laughs> so I make tags on the walls. <laughs> Children of nice. Bodom, oh, Alexi Layo, Alexi Layo, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> when you were 11, is that? Yes, I, I awesome. started, I discovered them at, uh, when I was 11 and then I discovered more symphonic metal and at the very beginning i was listening to nightwish but i wasn't aware that this was nightwish because i was making what we called amv so that was music videos oh. about um, mangas or video games and then you make music video with these uh, images but with another music and i found so uh, tense man down yes oh, that's cool so yeah. it was to do contest you do contest of uh, uh, editing video you edit edit mm. videos about video games with your own music and you do contests and so you can win uh, nothing but what well, you win <laughs> <laughs> awesome so, so that's why how i discovered nightwish with tense man down and i was like this voice is just amazing i want to know who she is and i waited for maybe five years before i understood that this wasn't just nightwish <laughs> I'm, i've got you yeah so which, which song was it do you remember Yes, Tense Man Down. Oh, sorry, Tense Man Down. Right, yeah, yeah, awesome. Nice. And so, okay, so you so you knew the song through the videos and then at some point later it clicked who yeah. this band was and you went and got the albums and stuff. Yes, and it's my, um, um, my aunt that she gave me a CD from Nightwish. She said that uh -huh. I should like it. And suddenly I heard the voice and I was like, that's the same voice. I know that's her. Ah. Wait, so, so it was your aunt. Is that right? Like yes. your parents' yes. sister. That, yes. That's so, that's really cool because my story with Nightwish is very similar. 
Uh, really? Because explain the first the first time I ever heard Nightwish was on a video on YouTube that somebody made with a video game. Right. So that part is the same. I wasn't making those videos, but I saw it on YouTube. I was playing the game at the time. Uh, It was a game called RuneScape (laughs) for anybody that (laughs) may have played that. I I would have been about 11 as well, or maybe possibly even a bit younger. And there was this awesome video of this crazy event that happened on the game and they soundtracked it using Planet Hell. Um, and I remember just loving that video. I watched that video so many times and that song was just the most epic thing ever. <laughs> and I loved it, but I never thought about the band and who it was. And then my aunt, <laughs> my auntie got into Nightwish and thought, wow, this is a really cool band. You would like it. And she had all of the albums, the Tyre albums at the, at the time. Those were all the ones that were out. And she, well, sorry, Nightwish, but like she like copied the <laughs> CDs <laughs> and, and gave them to me. Um, and, and so I had them and, and then I was like, wow, okay, this is really cool. And I listened to it again and again and again and, and loved uh, Nightwish. So yeah, kind of definitely <laughs> has yes, some similarities really similar. there. <laughs> that's crazy how similar it is. That's yeah, the, yeah. the same, same history. <laughs> the, the, fu- the funny thing is that like Nightwish comes up so much, man, so much, especially if you speak to anybody that is anywhere near symphonic metal, Nightwish is just like the the band right um so everybody seems to have a nightwish story or or when you talk about what the most impactful bands are it's like all all roads lead back to nightwish (laughs) but of every story that uh, everybody's told me i never heard one that was like (laughs) almost exactly the same same. (laughs) i promise that's my story also (laughs) (laughs) at least you were actually making the videos though that's that's uh that's makes it cooler But yes, you're right. I think that band is uh, like a pillar for uh, lots of singers and lots of musicians because they just uh, found, I don't know, they created a new genre. I mean, even Mm -hmm. if Listen Temptation, I know, was creating the same kind of genre at the same time. But it's it's more for me rock symphonic and the voice is just completely different. So that's two different things together, but not the same inspiration. Yeah, it was... Sharon's wonderful. Yeah. In fact, my aunt actually gave me Nightwish and Within Temptation. They kind of came together. And obviously Evanescence was already really big at the time as well. Like that was just all over the TV and the radio and stuff, you know. Yes, you're right. But Nightwish wasn't. I didn't understood why Evanescence was on all TVs, but not Nightwish. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe because Evanescence are an American band for one. And, and they, especially that song, Bring Me to Life, massive, massive song. And I think it also kind of had that sort of new metal crossover, which was very mainstream at the time, you know? So that's one thing that Evanescence had that Nightwish didn't. Um, Nightwish are more fantastical and Scandinavian, (laughs) you know? And so I think that that was probably, probably the main thing, but I definitely, yeah, felt, felt the same about it that like, it was it was especially the operatic vocals definitely that stood out to it so much because that was something that made it so unique, which is why I felt slightly kind of almost disappointed at the time when it changed to Annette. Like it's almost like where where are the operatic vocals? Obviously, I totally understand it and like really appreciate the kind of progression now in hindsight. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you. It, that was the that I think that that's why it clicked with so many people and so many have people have nightwish 
story. It's like when you hear, hear like classical operatic vocals with metal music, and it's like, oh my god, mind blown. <laughs> yes, I agree, I agree with that, and uh, and also also because she has this very specific tone, which is just so dark, even if she's a soprano, but it's it's like she's an alto. <laughs> That's so crazy how the mm. the darkness in her timbre is. Uh, she's beautiful. <laughs> nice so it went from i love uh alexia lehu to i love taya turnin right <laughs> nice fin finnish metal metal stars in general <laughs> <laughs> yes i agree i agree but but i think that they're they have a long story with that so that's that's why they're good at that <laughs> of course yeah i mean so you were listening to lots of metal then you were always kind of a big metal head then from from around oh, yes. about 11 years old Oh yes, yeah, still. Uh, maybe that's the music I hear most. I listen to most of the time, specifically when I go to work and when I see those mountains of people in the street, and I just cannot cross the street properly because there is too many people in Paris, where where I next to where I live. So I'm always listening, for example, to Arch Enemy. Arch Enemy is a band I really like. Uh, Ginger, for example. You also have um, other kinds of bands. I'm still listening to Linkin Park. <laughs> Linkin nice. Park. Mm -hmm. um so yes i'm 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 still listening metal uh music but not only i'm still really into medieval music renaissance music i like wow. old uh, music and that's also a huge source of inspiration for us when we are writing even if you cannot hear that because the, the style is not renaissance or middle ages but how to write is inspired sometimes uh by mm -hmm. those uh, eras i mean those uh, those times um well well when i'm when i'm and i'm also listening a lot to the project where i'm with which i'm working i don't know how to say it but for example with golden world archives i'm working with them for the second album but i'm listening a lot to the first one because mm -hmm. i like the i like the the music so i'm also listening a lot to people i'm following on instagram or for example i met uh, Pete Rockley for uh, with this project, and uh, now I'm listening Crown Solace every day. So I'm also listening a lot. Nice. Uh, the that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great to you know have that when you actually have the connection with these artists and to listen to like your friends' music. You know, it's really cool. It adds a whole other dimension to it, for sure. And I'm still also sometimes listening to other kind of styles like uh, rap music. I like Eminem, for cool. example, he is also a huge source of inspiration. Um, and well, not always and only metal, even if it's uh, the, the music I love the most, uh, every kind of music can fit. Not too like Taylor Swift, this kind of thing. <laughs> I, I cannot hear that, but <laughs> that's a question of taste. <laughs> I'm with you, yeah, I think that I would say that my music taste is uh, has a similar <laughs> scope. Ah. But I, I I would definitely say that I like more than I don't like for sure, or I'm open yes. to more. But certain yes. things are just not for me. And I would say the same thing. It's the super commercial pop music. I just feel like if that's what the majority of the people in the world like, then they can like that. <laughs> you know, I'm yes, not. <laughs> yeah. That kind of turns me up. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to listen to that. That's kind of how I, how I feel about it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that's, that's cool. All right. So I'm really intrigued to join some dots here. You mentioned about the medieval music and stuff like that. And we were speaking a little bit about it, I think off, off camera, 
Um, so in terms of like what you do with your profession and the his, history kind of stuff and, and, and you work with like history of music to some degree, I believe. So I'm really, I'm really curious to understand more about this. And I guess in, in context of your life trajectory, um, you know, you, you've kind of like been a teenage metalhead and stuff coming up and then you've gone and studied history at university. Um, formed the band, obviously, which is, we kind of know where, where that side of things are at. And then outside of that, um, what, you know, perhaps you could just tell us about what you do in your work. Um, so I'm um, uh, what's called a geek conferencier in French, which is like a guide and uh, someone who is giving you lessons about art. So I can give lessons uh, in, um, for example, uh, schools, not in schools, but for uh, sometimes I go, yes, some, well, well. The simple, what is simple is to say I'm giving knowledge about art history. Okay, <laughs> cool. Where you want. Uh, but most of the time I'm working for museums or monuments like uh, the Louvre or like uh, the Castle of Vincennes, the Castle of Fontainebleau. Well, I'm working a lot with uh, uh, all what's around Paris. So there's lots of things here mm -hmm. I can work easily. <laughs> And because I like music, I decided to specialize myself in um, musical guiding. So I can do, as I said, uh, tours, including uh, moments where I will sing things. So for children, for wow. example, that's a way to, uh, they have to hear, uh, to listen to the lyrics. So I'm, I'm singing a, a Middle Ages song and they have to guess what is, what is it about? Because it's in old French sometimes, so they don't understand anything, and that's funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes they need to guess the end of the story, so they understand that lots of these Middle Ages songs always end in the same way. So that's just a way so they, they understand. And also uh, sometimes they, are, they have to listen to songs, and I want them to guess what is the song from the Middle Ages here? So at the beginning, everybody is afraid, oh, I never studied music, but no, don't don't be scared. Just listen, and they they listen and they guess what is the Middle Ages song. So that's interesting. Um, just through the emotions and with no knowledge, sometimes to to spread a bit of knowledges. Uh, but sometimes I'm giving uh, tours for musicians, and so here I'm really giving uh, uh, knowledge about history of music because I'm not a. Mm. Uh, I'm unable to play Middle Ages music. I'm not a musician. I cannot. I can just sing it, uh, but I can give the history of music. So wow. that's what I do. That's such a cool job. Like that sounds like a super super cool job, especially because like you literally you work for yourself. You do it kind of like independently. You can just um, you you basically so you're a tour guide essentially, yeah. and and you kind of create your own package, like the own story that you want to tell to give this experience to people. And yes. then you get to just, people can book with you and then you turn up at some cool place and you guide them through it, right? Yes, that's it. Um, well, I'm often right, uh, working with the same uh, museums and monuments and they ask me things, but I also do what you, you said. Uh, mm. But I cannot do only what you said because this would be too difficult for a living because well that's uncertain so that's why i'm also working with the museums and as i said i'm doing uh, the masterpieces of the louvre the mona lisa and common stuff wow. but sometimes more specific uh, programs also i'm doing 
uh, tours about uh, this, the, uh, the, this, what you can smell. We smell things. Uh, we have games. Well, the idea is to have, have a good moment, learn a lot, but with pleasure. And I'm working with different kinds of people. I'm working with uh, tourists, of course, but also refugees and also schools and also uh, prisoners and um, mm. any kind of uh, people. Wow. I mean, that but sounds that, that, so cool. <laughs> That's like yes. a, an incredibly cultured position <laughs> to be in, right? <laughs> you know, yes, that's Working really in Paris around all these sites, all these different people. I mean, that sounds, sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, I think that's, that's great because I, I have an example. One day, uh, my working day was in the morning. I was working with uh, uh, teenagers which are in prison and don't speak French too, too much, so specific approach. Then with really little child, and then with the most important client from Dior <laughs> in the same day. Wow. So you really have to switch uh, your vocabulary and everything. And the wow. last one was in English. So I was like, mm. <laughs> wow. all that in one day. So that's great. The only problem with this job is, is more related to the fact that I, I also sing because I'm using my voice every day and too much yeah. and my vocal cords can suffer from that and sometimes yeah. i'm in the end of the day i want to practice but i just cannot because i've been talking all the day and my voice is just out of order so that's what is difficult for me is that yeah. i don't have time to practice as much as i want mm -hmm. yeah i can i can imagine that must be yeah, that must be tricky using your voice so much. You must, <laughs> you must have to practically talk <laughs> all day, <laughs> every day. Yes, and sometimes it's not talking; it's shouting. When you're in the Louvre, yeah, the noise you're kind of like performing. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, and that's great. You said performing, and sometimes with mm. the child, you know, you're really performing with the yeah. with new voices. So when you're speaking like that, and then yeah, and you're doing bad things with your voice, and at the end of the day, yeah broken <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bet man <laughs> wow yeah but it sounds sounds really cool it, it reminded me when you were talking about the different clientele of the, of what you said about the music vid videos or the covers you know just the fact that there's always like another challenge to it which allows you to get creative that's it's that same kind of thing it seems where you're working with these different groups and it keeps you on your toes you know and you have all these different challenges and yeah that yes. sounds really cool Yes, I think I like, I don't complain on the job in itself. It's a great one. There is problems like in any jobs, I mean, yeah, but I, I, I always yeah. wanted to have a job I like because I know that being professional in music would be very difficult and maybe I will be uh, dead before I succeed. But anyway, I cannot just focus on that. That's too hard. So I need to find a job that I'm happy with if I'm not succeeding in music. So mm. I need to have this double life. Yeah. To be sure, it's so sad at the end. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, most, most of us do to some, to some extent. And, you know, plenty of musicians that we would consider rather successful have other, you know, means and outlets and work and stuff. You know, as far as yours goes, I mean, as you say, like work is work. Um, but like, sounds really cool. Sounds really like a great creative outlet and sort of performance and engaging with people and absorbing all of that art and that history and that culture. That just sounds absolutely fascinating. Yes, I agree. And that's a way to still learn things. That's great because mm. uh, 
even uh, most of all when you're in, in Paris or in a capital like that, there is so many museums and still learning new things and uh, yeah. and yes, that's that's really nice. I can I cannot complain. That's that's great. Yeah, so many of the best locations in in one place. It's it's really great positioning, and like uh, you, you so you mentioned a lot about the medieval music, which is so cool. Um, but like you said about history of music in general, so do you talk a lot about French music through all ages? And like obviously, you had a lot of French Romantic composers and things like that as well. So do you speak about them or? Not really. I stopped with the classical music, so mm. Mozart. Mozart, I don't know how to say it in English, but Mozart yeah. is the, the last composer I would talk about. Okay. Uh, just because that's not, um, I don't know, that's that's not a skill I have. That's something I like to listen, but I'm an amateur in in, in classical music. That's mm. something I can sing. Uh, that's, that's more like that. But to talk mm. about history of music, I need to be in ancient music. So uh, antiquity, Middle Ages, Renaissance, and Morocco. I can still talk a bit about that, but then yeah. not really. Okay, cool. Wow. I mean, that's that's fascinating. Uh, all I know is for sure is like, I mean, my wife Maria, she absolutely loves France and Paris. Um, and like, she literally she released a track like last week or something, which was a instrumental track. Um, called the streets of Paris that was just meant to be themed around Paris and stuff like that. So she absolutely loves that stuff. And for me, if I go somewhere, like the thing that interests me most is the music culture, you know? So what I can say for sure is that if I ever go to Paris, which is extremely likely, then I'm definitely going to call you up and <laughs> see what, <laughs> see if I can book some, something where we do some, uh, history, History thing, this sounds say. awesome, man. <laughs> yes, of course. And and now not your friend. I mean, we know each other, so you don't hesitate. And I I can show you lots of things. And as a friend, I mean, I don't know how to uh -huh. say it. But, sure, so yes, yeah, it would yeah. be a okay. pleasure to show you the secrets of Paris. Of course, there's lots. <laughs> to see. I hope you will stay uh, more than a week because we have lots to see. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great, man. I'll, I'll definitely uh, put that in the, uh, in the agenda for some point, man. Sounds, <laughs> sounds very cool indeed. Um, uh, do you, you, have, you, you came to Paris one, one day or no, you? I, yeah, I've been there. I haven't spent a lot of time there. Let me think. I, I was there, I was there for literally a day last time I was there. I was just kind of passing through. I was, I went to the um, Hellfest in um, ah, Croissant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. and I went via via Paris, so it was kind of in Paris for a bit, but not properly so much, and maybe a couple of times as a kid. So no, I haven't really spent enough time there. But your t your wife, yes, yeah, she's she's spent more time there for sure. She's more acquainted and travelled around a lot more than I have. Oh. <laughs> um, it's been a while though. We have like haven't gone abroad or anything since COVID, and then like and then we had you know a kid and all of these yeah. things. So, <laughs> but um, you know, if we were going to go anywhere, probably France is uh, you know Paris, something like that, top of uh, the um, the agenda. You know, I've also been reading a lot about recently about um, you know uh, Versailles, Louis the Fourteenth, yeah. and these things as well. It's it's such cool history, you know. So. Yeah, I would love but to if that. I have an advice, uh, um, 
you should go to Fontainebleau more than Versailles because Versailles yeah. is beautiful, so maybe do it one day. But it's just super, super, super crowded. So you don't oh, see anything. Yeah. There's people everywhere. It's like in the subway. It's like in the Louvre nowadays when you're next to Mona Lisa. Sometimes you just cannot walk properly. There is too much people. And yeah. I had a child one day who made like a, an anxiety crisis in the middle of the, the, the room for the, the Mona Lisa. She was like crying because she was scared. There were too many people. So in Fontainebleau, yeah. you can still see beautiful things, but there is no one inside this castle, and it's the third biggest of France. So if you want Wonderful. an advice, don't go. Okay. Go to Versailles, but go to Fontainebleau also, and you will be alone with the beauties of the Amazing. castle. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that. That's a great piece of advice, because for, for all of that stuff, like sometimes tourism is not so much my forte because <laughs> because yeah walking around in all these big crowds and things like that it's uh yeah kind of kind of exhausting like around christmas i was seeing family and we decided to go to museums in london and it, oh god it was it was it felt like just more hassle than it was worth <laughs> you know especially with the little little one you know that starts crying and things like that and then it's like ah, <laughs> let's get out yes. of here <laughs> Yes, I agree. That's not a great place for a, a little child. And there's too many people, even for the parents. That's not the way to rest. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all. Yeah, it's like hard work getting through that. So <laughs> have you have you been, have, have you spent much time in the UK at all? Have you been to London, seen sites around there? Uh, yes, yes. I've been in London or oh, four times maybe and two times nice. to do um, uh, a musical. So it was oh, wow. doing three musical. Uh, that was a project I had when I was a, a, ch yes, a child, like a teenager. And I went there to play a, a theater first and that was called oh, Odd and Scary, they say. That was the name of the, of the, the, the oh, I don't, I don't, I, I'm searching for my word today, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the theater thing we were doing, what the name was Odd and Scary, they say. And then I made the grease uh musical in in london and that was uh, wow. so nice i just love london <laughs> which part did you play in greece i am um you know the the bad the bad one the one which is called rizzo and she yeah. is uh with the well and that what is funny is that i i was so, not in liking the woman playing uh sandredi ah. you know the the uh, so the, the 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 woman, which is the lead of the of the Greece, I didn't like the this woman, and so people were saying, "Ah, oh, you you play very well." The fact that you don't... <laughs> yes, because I just hate her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect casting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's a, awesome. so that was great. I so like you were musicals. doing music before Ogerman then. Uh, yes, but that was not music, music. I was doing that first because I wanted to learn English. Uh, so, the, I mean, that was the, the purpose behind it. The purpose wasn't to sing. And we were talking more than we were singing in, in this, uh, because this was not the full musical. It was adapted to our levels, etc. So, mm -hmm. yes, I was doing, as I said, but I was not just completely into it so i wasn't considering myself as as someone who wants to sing that's why mm. i say i really started with um oikumen because there mm. i said now i want to be a singer and I now see. if people ask me what i do i i say i'm also a singer mm. mm -hmm. 
Cool, I'm with you. But it is cool to know, though, that you were doing, like, musical theatre. I mean, that's awesome. Yes, I like that. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do any other uh, plays or things like that? Uh. No, 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 no. I, I wish I could, but uh, there, there is too many things to do at the same time. So if I have an opportunity, uh. I think I would go there. I have a friend which is a professional in, 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 in that, and she's saying how difficult it is. So I'm like, yes, let's see yeah, if yeah. I have an opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's competitive. Like, again, there's some incredible singers in that field. Like, people are absolutely top of their game. And it's kind of like you say about using your voice all day. You know, they're doing this, like, night after night. You know, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible stuff. Um, but that's still such an awesome experience that you got to, like, go to another country and do a musical like that as a teenager, you know? Really cool. But that's thanks to the teacher who was organizing that. Uh, without mm-hmm. her, we won't have to do that. So she is the one we have to thanks for that. Really. Nice. Nice. Grease is, Grease is a, a fun musical. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yes, I agree. It's cool. That's yeah. one of my favorite with the Dancer in the Dark with uh, Bjork. I don't know if nice. you know this one. Nice. I, yeah, I, that, that's cool. Yeah. And, and should, um, I should check that out. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, I'll have to. But, um, okay, so you sound like you're overall rather busy. You keep yourself um, quite busy with a lot of things going on, right? Between the job and the music, especially. Um, is there anything else in particular that you enjoy? Any kind of hobbies and things that you have? Video games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm always sad when I cannot play video games once a week. <laughs> or once a day, that's better, but... Uh, yes, I like that. Uh, uh, first, I wish I could be able not to sleep so I could have more time oh, to do yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my hobbies would be video games and uh, that's the only way I can rest really because mm-hmm. I can just be somewhere else and just be in the story and I love that. Uh, and traveling also. I, I love traveling and if I can, I, I just do that. The, also another way i have to i can rest is traveling the world but well that's more expensive so you you have to work a lot so you can travel (laughs) nice do you have any particular favorite locations or you like seeing different places i want to see each country in the world nice (laughs) so well first i'm starting with europe because we are traveling when i travel i'm traveling by train by car because i want to see the landscapes, I hate planes, for example, because I'm scary mm. first. And then because you don't see anything from point A to point B, it's like you're, well, you don't see anything. But mm. I wish I could visit Asia. I wish I could visit America one day also. So I will have to take the plane, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for some of it at least. And then uh, and then can uh, drive and train around the rest. So yeah, that's cool. I was looking, for example, to how I can go I could go to Japan without taking the plane. And that's possible. Yeah, <laughs> but with they have to boats. Yeah. <laughs> yes, first it. the train all around Russia, then the boat, and then Japan. <laughs> yes. All the way through Russia. I mean, that's quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is possible. Yeah. I, I watched a documentary once where somebody went to China through yeah. on the train, basically, because it was during COVID and like there was no flights. And they had to take the train from the UK. So there must have been a boat, at least from the UK. But then you're driving all the way up through Russia 
Yeah, quite a journey though, man. I think it was like a week yeah. or something just of traveling. That, that's clear. And you, is there any, any country you want to visit? Oh, um, it's something that I try and personally not think about too much on the basis of, uh, you know, I just have to, <laughs> I just have to narrow my focus on so many things. So um, I, my wife, she loves, she's like you, you know, and she absolutely loves um, traveling around, seeing lots of places. She's been to way more countries than, than I have and lived in different countries and stuff as well. Um so she's more inclined that way, and therefore I would probably be more willing to check out places that she was particularly drawn to. Um, I really love Sweden, though, and we did go to Sweden for a little while. We were there for a few months, and we were even considering living there at one point. Um, I really love it there, um, which is cool. But now I'm kind of happy where we are. I'm from London originally, but like now we live sort of in the north, um, near mm. York. Uh, okay. in uh in the uk and it's it's nice it's chill here now i have my I have my room and my music equipment and uh you know family and things like that so i'm kind of <laughs> happy down here but as i say france is definitely somewhere we would go um and we have family now in hungary as well so sometimes sometimes go there um, and would you be yeah. able to work from another country or would it be a problem if you move to another country? Yeah, no, I can, I can work from anywhere really. Um, so, you know, work, work remotely. It's just about maybe some equipment in terms of moving. Like I, when we were in Sweden, I just had like one guitar. Um, so it was a very sort of impromptu setup, just laptop, guitar, an audio interface and stuff. Managed to kind of make it work, but it's minimal. <laughs> You know, mm, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah. What about you? Would you, would you consider moving around or you like being based in France and traveling? I know I would dream to move all around the world, but that's difficult because the band is in France. Right. Yeah. And my job is in France and my job, it's just so hard to find the clients. If I lose them, I will have to yeah. build, to build everything from the beginning and, I don't think I have the energy for that, but that's why I wish we could succeed in music so we can travel the world by touring. Yes. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> that's the ultimate. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I see how that would come together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so that, that, that's why I will try to put all the energy I have left, but that's because that's a problem. I, I should be doing that all the day if I really want to succeed, but you know, we need money to, to feed us. So so uh -huh. that's why it's difficult but i will try my best to be able one day to have a, a tour all around the world and and i wish one day we could do tours even if you are a big band and you take some time to meet the population i mean to to meet the place where you are because sometimes yeah. when you look for example to nightwish tours in one day they're in a country and the other day in another one this thing i think mm. is just stupid but well that's <laughs> how it is but if you could yeah. just stay a bit meet the people discover the cultures ah oh, that would be so nice but well. yes i see that yeah yeah i see i can see how that would be you and your element just like a slightly slower tour where it's not just flying around and playing shows like you know we'll go here we'll stay you know for a few days or a week in italy and then uh <laughs> you know, see this area and immerse ourselves there, play a show and then move on to the next one. Like, 
yeah that'd be great <laughs> great experience it'd be like crazy yes but let's see if one day i can have half of that <laughs> uh, yeah cool cool i'm you know i'm sure i'm sure that these experiences will be on the horizon for you you know like, i i can see it and and quickly just because you mentioned as well like you said about video games and things like is, is, are there any particular kind of games that you enjoy Zelda. <laughs> nice. Not only, but there's lots of different games. I'm more into RPGs. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, Assassin's Creed is great. Uh, Dead, Red Dead Redemption is great. Uh, Stray is great. I like when there is a, a story behind. Uh, the only game I'm not playing are uh, FPS and war right, games. Okay. <laughs> any kind of other games i I like it nice yeah i I mean you you did say about sort of getting lost in the in the story and things like that so i suppose that's kind of yeah like the zelda one and things like that you're kind of exploring another world in in that you know in in the same way kind of as with the traveling you kind of get to escape and explore so yeah that's 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 completely that and the same with the i love the Japanese uh, games like Final Fantasy also because of that, mm. because their universe are just so creative and I just feel so good inside their game. Sometimes I was just disappointed. There is a game, uh, one of my, my favorite game is called Batten Kitos. Uh, and that's a Japanese game. And you just are so well in the place that when you leave all the characters you've been uh, working with during your, your, your game, it's just like I was losing friends. I was like, no, I don't want, I want to be part uh-huh. of this world. <laughs> like uh, Ariel, <laughs> but anyway. So yeah. yes, I like, I like this kind of universe. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think this is a, fa- you know, a fascinating topic in itself. And I think that things are going to get a lot more surreal as games become more immersive, right? Like, uh, you know, the, these kind of open world games, especially to bring that into like virtual reality, extended reality, and like make these whole things much more realistic, you know, to have other players or even like now they're making NPCs with artificial intelligence. So they have conversations that can actually respond to you. So we can actually live in a way like alternative lives in a virtual realm. I mean, that's going to be crazy. (laughs) I think that's the way things are going. Yes, I agree. And that's a way to be able to do things you won't be able to do in life. As you say, it's like traveling. It's like uh, even being a bad person because that's nice. Sometimes in video games, you're just a <laughs> bastard. I mean, sometimes. Sure. So yes, I agree. And it's a way to extend reality and that's just priceless. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, really cool. I've just, I've just clocked that the, um, the time has absolutely flown past uh, and I've, already had lots of your time um so i don't want to hold you too much longer um is there i said i was talkative (laughs) no i love it man and i could happily chat with you for uh you know for for a long time you know but i know that you've got to get dinner and things like that as well um completely up to you but is there anything else in particular that you'd like to chat about Ooh, what's the sense of life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no, but Let's I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> uh-huh. 
No, no, well, there, there's lots of things we could talk about, but as you said, maybe we, we have to give an end to the chat one day or we'll, we'll still be talking about that next uh, next day. So, yes, I, I think you're right. We have to find an end and maybe that's a good end. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, well, it's been an absolute pleasure and we, you know, I'd definitely love to do this again sometimes. I feel, um, sometime, I feel like there's, yeah, loads of things that we could talk about. So, you know, I look forward to continuing um, our conversation. <laughs> You know, with pleasure. Beyond. <laughs> yes, of course. And well, I, w I wish I could go into your, you know, you're organizing each month uh, something which is gathering every musician in your community. And I wish I could join you here because so we can chat all together. And uh, thank you so much for having me because it's quite hard for me to express in English just tonight. I don't know why. So I hope you've understood me. <laughs> and oh, thank completely. You yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, yeah, no problems with that whatsoever. You've spoken wonderfully. So no, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. So have a nice uh, diner, you too, and with your family. And uh, see you in another, another day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Creating a Universe. Special thank you to Laura for joining me. I really enjoyed this chat. Be sure to check out Laura's band Oikomen at linktr.ee forward slash Oikomen. Links will be in the show notes. That's all for this one. I'll see you next time.